United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Sarhang Hamasid, Director of Middle East Programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace here in Washington, D.C. He tweets at Sarhang Salar here to update us on the upcoming Iraqi election. Sarhang, welcome back. Good morning, Julie. Thank you. Good to be back. So October 10 are the Iraqi elections. How is Iraq doing right now? What's the status? Uh, well, all the energy of the country is focused on October 10th uh, for these early national parliamentary elections, um, which uh, will, uh, well, the public will elect uh, 329 members to the Iraqi parliament, and then that parliament will uh, elect a president, uh, speaker of the parliament, and the new prime minister and cabinet. Uh, these elections have come as a result of uh, public demands in the past two years, demanding the current uh, parliament of uh, improving services, uh, providing jobs for the youth, uh, fighting corruption and reforming, and ending external uh, influence. So this is where the energy and the buzz uh, for Iraq is mostly is domestically. And regionally, uh, Iraq recently hosted a um, a conference that invited its neighbors and the French president uh, Macron participated. So Iraq is uh, promoting itself as a regional convener, supporting regional stability. So there is a positive energy going on uh, at the moment. Of course, there are plenty of other challenges. This is uh, Iraq being Iraq, but these two key issues uh, dominate. The U.S. um, rightfully got a, a, a just a mountain of criticism for trying to impose democracy on Iraq um, and and from from other world leaders who were saying you can't just impose a system like that. It has to be organic. It has to it has to be from the bottom up, not the top down. But it, it seems I don't want to be overly optimistic, but it seems that the idea has taken hold. Maybe there's been some progress since then, even though there's, as you say, corruption and gridlock. Uh, definitely, it's a it's a process um, with mixed uh, results. But uh, looking at the just the uh, the machine machinery of democracy, uh, Iraq adopted a permanent constitution, new constitution, two thousand five, and this will be the fifth national election that the country holds uh, since two thousand five. So that uh, seems that the process is working, and. Um, you have uh, the, the Iraqi public has, uh, who were crushed under the dictatorship of Saddam Hussein pre-2003 have gradually come out to the street and put pressure on the government. And in 2019, it's reached its peak where the public protests, and mostly in the middle and south of the country, uh, forced uh, then prime minister to resign uh, for the Iraq to adopt a new um, uh, electoral commission, a new uh, law for holding these elections, and uh, it attracted the attention of the international community to come in and provide more monitoring uh, as the Iraqi public have been uh, holding their uh, public officials to account. So that is the positive story, but it is also true that the current political class uh, is deep in corruption in the system. Uh, They have used lethal force against uh, peaceful Iraqi demonstrators in 2000. Um, 19 and onwards, and they have been targeting their civic leaders. So 
So you have the, the fight and the charge um, for achieving democracy uh, uh, still on. And the October 10th uh, uh, date is an important one uh, where Iraq's democracy will be put to test again. And uh, we'll see if it will produce uh, a, a government and a parliament that would be closer to what the people expect. Sarhang, it, it seems like there's such a fascinating tension there between, as you describe, people out there protesting, demanding uh, an end to corruption and, and also deep mistrust in the system and in politics, yet, uh, well, and at the same time, concerns about how this could affect turnout. Right. Um, by 2018, the Iraqi public had lost trust in the political class that they could really deliver change and uh, um, and improve their lives and turn out in the 2018 elections uh, formally is at 43.5%, but everybody who was closely aware of the elections believed that was turnout was more than below 20%. Uh, the attempt this year is to increase turnout and increase, uh, restore some of the faith of the, uh, of the voters in the process. Uh, this is where the Security, Security Council uh, has supported sending UN monitors now uh, significantly more than before, 130, and the, the European Union and others have sent those monitors to help improve um, uh, voter trust in the process. And a few days ago, uh, Iraq's Grand Ayatollah Ali Sistani, the most respected and senior Shia religious leader, uh, uh, strongly encouraged the public to participate. Usually that's a sign that he sees enough credibility in the process for him to make this such a public calling. Uh, so that is the hope. Uh, there are those who believe that if turnout could get closer to 50 percent, it may change uh, the balance of power in the parliament, uh, probably in the favor of candidates that may be more independent from political influence of their parties and regional actors. And Sarhang, other than the U.S., what are some of the meddlesome nations exerting external influence on Iraq these days? Well, um, Iran is probably the most powerful uh, actor um, that exerts influence inside Iraq. Um, Turkey has some influence, but it has significantly decreased compared to 10 years ago. Um, Saudi Arabia, UAE and Qatar, they have also their own relations. It went through ups and downs. I think they are at a better, uh, that they are higher moment uh, these days. And uh, these different countries support different communities and different uh, political actors. Uh, but again, the, probably the game changer in 2019 protests and now carrying over to this elections, it would be the Iraqi people uh, do, are, do not like those external um, influences. And they, if they vote for candidates who do not represent these interests, those influences could diminish. Uh, but that is, Iran would still come out of this uh, strong, um, not significantly different. Other forces from outside of Iraq as well. You mentioned ISIS and COVID as threats to that country. That seems rather dire on both fronts. Uh, yes, that was, ISIS has been uh, staging continued attacks in the, in the past uh, few months. So that is a, a continuing concern but not to the extent that, would, that they would threaten taking territory. And uh, COVID uh, has challenged Iraq significantly. It has a weak um, uh, health system at any given day, but definitely didn't have the capacity uh, to, um, to stand to these waves of COVID that, coming, that come and go, uh, ups and downs. But uh, 
yeah, uh, that's the that's the, the challenge uh, along a long host of issues. So regardless of what we get out of the October 10th elections, any government um, will have a mix of those issues, security to improve, services to provide reforms and uh, ch- deal with COVID and uh, a long range of issues. Sarhang Hamasid, Director of Middle East Programming at the U.S. Institute of Peace. You can find him on Twitter at Sarhang Salar. Sarhang, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really good to talk to you. Likewise, thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.